We're going to be in Numbers chapter 6 tonight, and that's where we're going to begin and where we'll come back to and maybe where we'll end. But we'll have a lot of other places to go along the way. Really, this is sort of a, a topical sermon, but it's a sequel to a sermon we had a few weeks ago on the subject of, of um, our words, and, and we're gonna, we'll kind of briefly go back over that, just how that we're to replace our evil speaking with good, overcome evil with good, and uh, we'll get to that as we move along. Just a little background before we read the scripture. Uh, the book of Numbers uh, records as uh, various places in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, where God is speaking through Moses and he's laying out instructions. And he's laying out instructions for Israel, but he's especially laying out instructions for the priests and the Levites and their responsibilities, which would include the care of the tabernacle, the service of the tabernacle, and those were very detailed instructions, and that's what's been in the chapters up prior to this. And earlier in chapter 6, just before our text, we have the law of the Nazarites. And, all, and these things don't always necessarily go in any consequential order, I don't think, but it's recorded as it was given to them. And so then we have this kind of standalone uh, instructions for the Nazarites. And then we're going to come to the text that we're going to uh, begin with tonight, and that's the last part of Numbers chapter 6. Please stand with us if you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word. And this is a charge the Lord gave to Moses, who then imparted it to Aaron and to his sons. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. So you got a lot of saying going on. The Lord said to Moses, and Moses was to say to Aaron and his sons, and Aaron and his sons were to say to the children of Israel. And, um, and what are they to say to them? Verse 24. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. They shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. And that's really the title of the message and the, and the basic thought we want to give our attention to tonight is how by our words we bless others, blessing others. The Lord said to Moses, this is what I want you to say to Aaron and to his sons. And he gave them the instruction, and the Aaron and sons were to say to the others, this is what the Lord said. And this passage of Scripture here, beginning in verse 24 down through verse 27, or at least 24, 25, and 26, is a benediction that's often quoted at the, at the conclusion of a lot of um, Protestant churches, I would think. When you, how many of y'all ever been in church where they print, the Lord bless thee and keep thee, and y'all, 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 none of y'all were good Protestants. But uh, anyway, it's really a blessing, and so we're gonna we're gonna ask the Lord to help, and we're gonna walk through this passage. Then we're gonna talk about the subject of blessing 
others. You know, Jesus said, bless and curse not. So there's something to this matter of blessing others. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we do pray that you would bless this service with our attention to the word of God. Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see what you'd have us to see. We thank you for the power of our words. Not just the power because of the volume, not just the power because of, the, of the, even the intellect, but the power of truth that's spoken and how it can influence people. And for the power of evil that is spoken, how it can also, in a negative way, influence. And so I pray that you'd help me tonight and help us to find a place to apply this in our own lives, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So again, the Lord spoke to Moses, and Moses was, to, you, you might say, well, why didn't God just speak to the people? That's just not, well, as we heard this morning, God doesn't have to explain everything he does, and, uh, but that was just God's way. God spoke to Moses. Moses was to speak to Aaron and his sons. They were to bless the children of Israel. It says in verse, 20, verse 23, on this wise, you shall bless the children of Israel, saying... So what they were going to say to the children of Israel would bless them. It would be a blessing to them. And we have all of these words. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee, be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Verse 27, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And God said, I will bless them. You know, God's the only one that really can bring true blessing to our life. But they were to pronounce this blessing that God was going to give. God was going to bless them according to what he said because what they said was what God told them to say. And God would indeed bless it. Now, mark your place, if you would, in Numbers chapter 6 because we will return in a moment. But I want to go to the New Testament to 1 Peter chapter 3 and just kind of revisit a text that we uh, studied two weeks ago about evil speaking. And I just want to review it. I'm not going to re-preach it. But 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. The Bible says, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be full of pity, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Now, verse 8 is talking about a general, compassionate, caring attitude and spirit. But verse 9 specifically makes, makes it clear that he's talking about primarily our words not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. And that's specifically talking about being argumentative, critical, harsh. But contrary-wise, contrary to that, opposite of that, blessing. Don't, don't use your words to rail at people, but use your words to bless people. Knowing, verse 9 says, that you're there and to call, that you should inherit a blessing. And in verse 10, it continues talking about our words. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. 
And the word evil there is not talking about just profanity or vulgarity or immorality as far as words. It's just talking about words that are not good. They're harsh. They're, they're unkind. They're critical. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. And the word guile, of course, has to do with deceit or hypocrisy, insincerity. So, so here we see in Peter saying that we, you know, we need to be careful about our words. The words we say to our husband, the words we say to our wife, the words we say to our children, the words we say to our parent, the words we say on the job. And if we're the, the, and under this umbrella of thinking about overcoming evil with good, one of the things we need to do in our Christian life is to learn to overcome these tendencies to speak words that are negative or critical or harmful or curse, not cursing in the sense of profanity, but just harmful words. And say words that are uplifting. We heard about that in Sunday school this morning. We might look at that text in Ephesians again in Ephesians 4. But those are the kind of words where to refrain our tongue from evil and from speaking guile, things that are dishonest. And what should we use our words to? Look what he says there in verse 9. Contrarywise, blessing. You know, just like words have the power to hurt people. And words have the power to put people down. And words have the power to make people feel ashamed. Words also have the power to build people up and encourage people and give them vision and give them hope and give them direction. Uh, our theme came from a passage, as you may remember, in Romans chapter 12. And a part of that text in Romans chapter 12 is, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. When people hurt you, bless them. Now this is, we talk about a king of a different sort. This is a lifestyle of a different sort, really. You know, and, and, and I ref, referenced this, and when I taught on this on a Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a Sunday morning, that in this, in this instant uh, response, social media world that we live in, it's so quick, easy for people. They'll see something and they'll retaliate. They'll send another message over Facebook or Twitter or whatever the case may be. And it's like, it's like a, a, a verbal war going back and forth. And I'm telling you, that, that should not be among Christians. It just should not be. I think there's advantages to social media. I think there's a place for technology if it's used properly. But this is not the way it ought to be used. And so the Bible says, bless them which persecute you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, bless them that curse you. He said it again. So we're talking about tonight blessing others. When we did this lesson on a Sunday morning, almost all the attention was given to what evil words are, how evil words look, and how we ought to avoid them. But, but the scripture tells us, Cherith's on the run. We had a runner at church tonight. <laughs> evil words are to be overcome with good words, overcome evil with good. The good news about this text in Romans chapter 12 we're referencing is that evil can be overcome. 
It can be overcome with good. If we're gonna, so if we're going to bless others, you know, what would we need to know about that? It's interesting, um, if you were to take the word bless or blessed and just look that up in your Bible study software, those two words are found over 400 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times. They don't always mean the same thing, but they, most, the majority of the time they do. And what does it mean to be blessed? It means to be fortunate. It means to be happy. It means to be at peace inwardly, to have bliss in your life, to be well favored. When, 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 when Jesus said, you know, blessed are they, that's what he was talking about. These, this, the most, the most uh, fortunate people in the world are those who are blessed God's way. Now, a lot of people say, you know, that God blessed me with this or God blessed me with that, and maybe it's true and maybe it's not, but God wants us to be blessed. I don't care who you are tonight, God wants you to be blessed in a biblical sense. It's God's will, it's clear. He wants his children to be happy. You may, if you sat up here and looked at what I see every week, you might not be thoroughly convinced that God wants his people to be happy, but God wants his people to be happy. Absolutely. No question about it. And uh, I think that's a wonderful reality. That, that the most famous sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount that takes up those three chapters in Matthew... He used this word blessed nine times. It's interesting that he starts out his preaching ministry with his message about blessed are, the, blessed are those that are peacemakers, blessed are those that, uh, that mourn, blessed are the, the, the broken ones, really. He said, God, this is what you can have, this is how you can have meaning and purpose and value in your life. And... This is not the kind of blessing that we sometimes equate, though, with success or blessing, because it has nothing to do with our circumstances. It's a place of spiritual rest, a place of spiritual peace, a place of, of uh, tranquility with God, really, and with yourself even. But it's not always, it's not like the world would think if you all, you know, if you have a ton of money and you have good health. No, Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn. I just saw, I just read something yesterday from a friend of ours that was talking about the death of his son. This is a preacher friend and his son died on yesterday, would have been four years ago. His son was an adult, had a wife and two little children, two or three little children, a real man of God. Um, and his son died by working under a vehicle, and the vehicle fell on him, and he was killed instantly. And so this man who lost his son talked about how even four years later, you cannot really understand, I still can't comprehend the grief of losing this one so dear to me. But he said this, but nor would I ever would have thought the way that God could comfort and help me See, blessed are they the mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's not always an easy road, but it's a blessed place because God is with you. God helps us. And so one, one thing I want to insert about this matter of what it is to be blessed before we get back to our main subject is 
is, that, is this. The same word that describes how God wants us to be blessed and how we can bless others is used to describe the fact that God is blessed. I think that's very interesting. Um, what does it mean when it's like Psalm 119? Blessed art thou, O Lord. God is blessed. God is, God is at rest. God is content. God is, you know, he's blessed. He is, he's at peace. He's well favored. The same word that says that God is blessed says that we are to be blessed. In 1 Timothy, give you a New Testament reference. In 1 Timothy, Paul wrote, The gospel of the blessed God, or blessed God. Spelled the same way. But the, God, is, God is blessed. 1 Timothy 6 said this of Jesus, The blessed and only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords. God is blessed. So being blessed is an attribute of God. And God wants us to be blessed with the blessedness that is a part of His nature. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. And I, and I want to take that logic that brings me to this place. I think the only people that can really be blessed in the way that God wants them to be blessed is people who know Him. Because the blessed one lives within the blessed ones. Only those who know Christ can be blessed in the way God desires. And by the way, that's the first step to true blessing is to come to know Christ. The forgiveness of sin. To be right with God and cleansed. So true blessing is found in God. And true blessing is found in living the way God wants us to live. Now, I hope you have your Bible still marked there in, um, in Numbers chapter 6 because I just want to go back to that and remind you that when the Lord is speaking to Moses, and Moses is speaking to Aaron and his sons, and as Aaron and his sons are speaking to the children of Israel and blessing them, it says in verse 24, the Lord bless thee. And in verse, the last of verse 27, God said, I will bless them. God wants his people to be blessed. One of the first Verses that many people start to memorize is Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is that person. That's the blessed person who lives in the Word and is saturated with the Word, who doesn't dwell in the tents of the wicked. That's the way, that's the way God wants us to live. God says, I will bless them. And so God is blessed and He wants us to be blessed. So then let's think about this thing of blessing others. What does it mean to bless others? That's what the Lord told Moses to tell Aaron and his sons to tell the children of Israel, you're to bless them. Now they couldn't provide blessing. They couldn't, they couldn't provide any material blessing or any of that kind of blessing, but they were pronouncing this blessing. And I think to bless someone is really to pronounce goodness upon them, to speak well of them, to give them encouragement based on not our own ideas, not on flattery, but what does the Bible say? That's what Aaron and them were to say. Say what God says. That'd be a blessing. You know, if you were to look in Luke's gospel, we're not going to turn there tonight, but in Luke's gospel, 
when Jesus had died on the cross, resurrected, revealed himself to his disciples, prior to his ascending to heaven, Luke said he lift up his hands and bless them. How did he bless them? He, he, how, what did he do for them? Did he heal their diseases? No, I don't think he did that. Did he fill their pockets with gold? I don't think he did that. But he said things that were a blessing to them, and he said things that were according to truth and his will. And it says, it says further there in Luke, and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Let's look at some more verses. Go with me, if you would, to 2, Timothy, or 2 Corinthians, please. Hope you have your Bible and you're using it tonight. Be sure and turn to it, because I may call on you to read, and you want to make sure you're there. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Here's an example of the Apostle Paul concluding this second letter to the Corinthian church with what I think we could safely say was a blessing. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. These are not just idle words. These are not just words, the power of positive thinking. These are words based on what he knows to be God's truth. Be at peace with one another. Love one another. Be of one mind. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. My wife and I do that every once in a while. Just want to be biblical, right? All the saints salute you. That's a greeting, salute. All the saints salute you. They send their greetings. Verse 14, here's a blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Would you not agree with me that this blessing is something that Paul knew was God's will for them. He knew this would be something that God wanted them to experience. He said this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. So Moses was giving an example of this in the Old Testament, but, but Paul practiced it in the New Testament, and Jesus said, rather than curse people, we ought to bless them. He, how, did, how did Moses... and uh, tell Aaron and his sons that they were going to bless these people. He said, I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to say it to them. Is that right or wrong? It's right. That's how, how he blessed them, by saying these words to them. And so the, Peter wrote about it. We looked at Peter's epistle. Paul writes about it here. James talked about it. What is it to bless? It's to speak well of. Really, it's to pronounce a blessing Upon and I don't th and some people take this too far. It's like a lot of things that are truth. People take it too far. You can get into a ditch on either side of the road, and people have this name and claim it kind of deal. If you'll say it, it'll happen. But we're talking about if you're going to say something to your children to bless them, tell them what the truth is. Tell them what God says. Give them give them uh, positive information that is in agreement with the Word of God. Our words ought to be used to bless others. 
I really, really appreciate the Sunday school lesson this morning. I appreciate both messages this morning. I love that passage in Haggai about the carrying the something in the skirt of your garment. It's such a powerful principle. In Sunday school, we heard about this this important thing about your words. Again, it wasn't just about that, but Ephesians 4 says this, let no corrupt communication, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. We need to be careful about our words. Young person, we need to be careful about our words. Not just our words before our parents, our words before our friends, our words words in general. Corrupt means that it tears down. Our words can tear down. Our words can build up. Words can minister grace. That's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Words can minister grace to the hearers. That means you can say something to someone and God can use it to help them. God can use it. And by the way, everybody needs some good news. It may be the person who's waiting on you at the restaurant. It may be the person, you know, that you see in the line at the grocery store. But people need some good news. And and we can bless people with our words. I want to read you a proverb here. Proverbs from 12, if you're writing notes. I know some of you are. Proverbs 12, 25. Listen to this. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it to stoop. When a man's heavy-hearted, it makes him, it affects him. But a good word maketh it glad. Isn't it true? You can hear something and it just kind of gets you down. it, It may not even be true, but it sounds like it could be true. And it gets you down. But somebody else can say something really uplifting and positive and it just brings the spring back into your step. That's biblical. We can bless people with our words. Notice that he said, Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. You know, nothing's changed. The circumstances haven't changed, but his state of mind has changed because he heard something positive. Um... I was reading today in the book of Ruth, and I'm not going to turn there because we're turning to a lot of places now, but in the book of Ruth, Boaz was coming from Bethlehem back to where the reapers were working in the, in the farmers, reaping their, their, their produce. And it says that when Boaz said to his reapers, these are the laborers, these are the people, the work hands. He said, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless thee. Isn't that something? The Lord bless thee. Most, some people, the only time they ever say the Lord bless thee is when you sneeze. (laughs) God bless you. I thought about titling this sermon, you know, God bless you. Or maybe even, bless your heart. That'd be a good one. (laughs) Bless your heart. But that could mean anything. Bless your heart could mean, boy, I feel sorry for him. Or bless your heart could mean, he's a brick short of a load. Bless his heart. You don't know what bless your heart means. 
But, but in, in Boaz's world, he said to his workers, the Lord bless you. And they answered him, God bless you. Our words can bless others. Go with me if you would to Psalms, Psalm 145. And this, what I'm about to say, could become an entire sermon, but I just want to mention it. First and foremost, with our words, we ought to bless God. You find that often in the Bible. This particular Psalm 145 uses it a lot. I'm just going to look at a few examples of it. But David says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. That'd be a good commitment, wouldn't it? Every day I'm going to bless God. Every day I'm going to tell God how grateful I am for His goodness. Every day I'm going to tell God how wonderful a creator He is. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. And this is much of the theme of this psalm. Verse 5, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty. Verse 6, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. Verse 7, they shall, uh, they shall abundantly utter, that's another word for speaking or saying, utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. Last part of verse 7, thy saints shall bless thee. Verse 11, that's these, verse 7 is verse 10. Thy saints shall bless thee. Verse 10, 11, they shall speak of thy glory the last verse, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and in all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. That's really something to think about. Why did God even give us a voice? Why did God even give us the ability to speak? Why didn't He give us lips and tongue and the ability to articulate words? One of the reasons is that we could give Him praise. And what a, what a shame it is if in all of our days and all of our words and all of our communication, we don't take some time to bless the Lord and praise Him and tell Him how good He is and how wonderful He is and how grateful we are for His mercy in our lives. So first and foremost, when it comes to blessing others, first and foremost, we're to bless God. But then, beyond that, we're to bless others. Go to, if we're in Psalm, go to Psalm 129. Here's an interesting little verse about blessing and this is a psalm as many of the psalms are having to do with persecution and mistreatment things of that nature verse 1 psalm 129 1 many a time have they afflicted me from my youth may israel now say many a time have they afflicted me from my youth and so he's just going to go in and talk about you know, the wicked and different things with that regard. But I want you to go down to the end of the, the 129th Psalm, if you would please. And look in verse 8 what it says. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. That's interesting that in this psalm, in this song, in this song of worship, this poem, the heaviness of this man is declared and he recognized the fact that 
Nobody was even saying in verse, neither do they which go by say the blessing of the Lord be upon you. To him, that was a very negative thing. For us, that would almost be business as usual. Nobody said, the Lord bless you. Well, that would, matter of fact, if you said it, some people might make note of it because it's so unusual for you to do that. But for him, it was just a sign, an occasion to, to recognize. They didn't even say, you know, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. Brother Smith mentioned this morning in Sunday school about Barnabas. His, his name was Joseph in Acts chapter 4, but they surnamed him Barnabas. That's like his nickname. And, and usually you get nicknames after somebody or after something you're doing. So Joseph was named Barnabas. The word Barnabas means son of consolation. That means someone who is a great comforter or encourager. They surnamed him. They gave him another name. You know why? Because he was such an encourager. And we heard about that in Sunday school this morning. Wouldn't that be a good recognition, a good good testimony to have? That person is such an encourager, always saying something uplifting, always saying something encouraging. Our words can bless God wants us to use our words to bless. And 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 I don't think I have to explain this, but we we talk to a lot of different people. We talk to our family members. We talk to those that we are around a lot at home. We talk to our children. We talk to our neighbors. We talk on the job. We talk to fellow Christians. And the whole purpose of this message tonight is to realize, just like in the first message, we talked about evil communications, which which is just unbiblical, maybe harsh, maybe judgmental, maybe critical, maybe negative. We talked about the danger of overcoming, that we need to overcome evil But what do we overcome it with? We overcome it with what we're talking about tonight. With good. With good words. After that message that Sunday morning, Brother Weiss, Pastor Weiss and I were talking out in the foyer, and he he made mention of, um, in that Proverbs 31, that great Proverbs 31 lady, you know, that women always come to church on Mother's Day and hope you don't preach on it. (laughs) You know what it says? Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praised her, praiseth her. The children recognize, young people listen to this, the children recognize the blessing that their mother was. And her husband recognized it. And, you know, we might think, well, it doesn't really matter if mama knows that I care about the fact that she keeps my clothes clean and fixes me a meal several times a day. But you know what? You say, well, it's her job, but you ought to thank her for it. You ought to thank her for it. I think tonight, and I may not, this may not be altogether factual, but this is my opinion. I think the more we understand 
and appreciate how blessed we are, the more we're apt to want to be a blessing to others. When we realize how good God has been to us. You know, for someone who complains or belly aches about the wife they have or the husband they have or the way their son's behaving, you might ought to just take a moment and realize at least you have a husband or a wife or a child. You know what I'm saying? The more we appreciate God's goodness, the more we, the more we realize how blessed we are. How we, and we are truly blessed. I mean, don't take my word for it. Just think about it. We truly are blessed. And we don't just need God's blessing so we can be blessed. We need God's blessing so that we can be a blessing to others. That's really what we see there in Numbers chapter 6. God said, I, said, said to Moses, don't you tell Aaron and his sons, don't you go tell them what I said, and that's going to be a blessing to them. And we, you know, the more we recognize how blessed we are, we ought to want to be a blessing to others. I was thinking about that passage in Genesis 12 where God called Abram and he said, I will bless thee. Abram, I will, I, that, I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And in thee all the families of the earth will be blessed. Young person, you know why God blesses us? So we can be a blessing to others. We've, we're blessed. In this country, we're blessed. In this church, we're blessed. If you're in a Christian home family, you're blessed. You're a blessed person. And we ought to recognize that, and we ought to want to be a blessing to others. I don't have to convince you of this, but this world is so full of negative news information. And, and just... To be reminded, the, the arch enemy of our soul is the accuser of the brethren. He's always accusing us, always lying to us, always beating us down, always telling us how unworthy we are, how God could never use you, God, you could never be forgiven, you could never overcome that. This is, this is a steady, steady flow of information that we get from the world, that we get from the devil that we get from our own flesh. Everybody needs some positive input. And you know what? We ought to be the ones that can bring blessing to people, including our family, but not only including our family. And let me just close with this. What God has done for us, and I know a lot of people think God is negative and God is critical and God is judgmental, and God is just and God is holy. But this book is a treasure trove of positive information for you and for me. I mean, the world may reject us, but we are accepted in the beloved. God accepts us. We, we have favor with God. God Himself, the Almighty, Holy God, loves you deeply, personally, individually. He cares about you, about the needs of your life. He's gifted every one of us, every single one of us, with special giftedness that we might serve Him and be a blessing 
to others. We're not an accident. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You, God knew you when you were still in your mother's womb. And we're not losers. We're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And we are presently blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And those are the kind of things that we ought to believe. Not the trash that the world fills our mind with or the garbage that everybody else gives us. We ought to believe what God says about us. And it ought to start in the home. And it ought to be true among friendships. We ought to bless others. When someone says something bad about us, I think it would be wise for us either to say nothing or to say something good about them. Jesus taught us those kind of things. We, you know, we were... We were spending some time during our snow days doing some painting. And uh, Eric and Mackenzie's house. And uh, our family's bad about sarcasm. I'm not. But they are. Please pray for them. But in... In jest, and while, when, we're, when we're all working and painting, and someone says something that's goofy, everybody just piles on them. <laughs> and it's kind of fun if you're not the one getting piled on. But you know what? That's not, I say that in fun. We do it. We, we love each other and we do it in fun. But he, the point is, in this cancel culture, somebody just says one thing that's a little doesn't sit well with you, and everybody wants to pile on. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to do that. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that despitefully use you, persecute you. Right? So tonight, I just wanted to kind of give a sequel to the message about overcoming evil words with good words. And I hope tonight something about it will make a difference for us. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Every one of us tonight stands in need, including the speaker, every one of us stands in need of overcoming evil thoughts with good thoughts, evil words with good words. We have to work at it. The same devil that puts negative thoughts in your head puts them in my head. They're powerful. They're heaviness causes a man's heart to stoop. But God help us to have a right word that lifts people up. 